Hi, and welcome to A Sober Girls Podcast. My name is Sherry, and I am your host. Every Wednesday, we get together and we talk about our journey in sobriety, what we used to be like, what happened, and what we are like now. I've been sober for over 10 years now, and I realized that one of the biggest mistakes I ever made was just putting the plug in the jug and not drinking. I never took care of my emotional sobriety, did my step work, or was fully involved in the program until it was almost too late. This is my story, my experience, strength, and hope and what life is like for me on a daily basis as a recovering alcoholic and addict. I am so glad that you are with me and now let's get into it. What's up fam? Happy Wednesday. I hope that you all had an amazing weekend. I know that these episodes have been kind of bouncing all over the place and there's been a little bit of up and down, but there's been a few things that have been going on in my life that I've just been trying to manage so that I can be more consistent for you. I know that the past couple of months has been rough and so I wanted to prove to you that I could and will be able to be with you every single Wednesday. So I've gone ahead and recorded a ton of episodes in advance. I know that by the time you hear them, some things might not apply. Things will have been changing in my life. So I'm just excited that we kind of have this new format so that you can come back and listen whenever you want and you really won't miss anything. I am really excited about this week's episode because it kind of just fell into my lap. Right now it is November 1st. And last week, I had the opportunity to meet a friend who is in town from Honolulu, Hawaii. Now, I know that sounds really random. How would I have met someone from Honolulu, Hawaii? Well, I met her through Instagram, through my Sober City Movement friends. So what is Sober City Movement? Well, Sober City Movement was created by a gal in Seattle And what we do is we have a bunch of us all over the continent. And I think actually in other countries as well, I'm not quite sure. I would have to double check on that. But the movement is that when you are in different cities, when you are in different localities, we are a nonprofit organization that is a place to find sober events and inspiration. We are not a recovery program but there are resources and we do help people stay sober, find meetings, and essentially what we are is a huge recovery community. It's made up, as far as I know, of all women. And we are split up into a couple of different sections. We have the East Coast, the West Coast, the Central, the Midwest, the South. It's really actually kind of cool how it's all set up, but we all basically are combined together. And there's one main account called Sober City Movement, and you can go there and you can actually see a bunch of motivational information. You can meet a bunch of us. You can find out about vendors, how you can be involved. And this is how I actually got the book um, offer from my friend Alex that I told you about a couple of weeks ago. We all contribute to the movement by being available in our own localities as well as talking to each other in a group chat. We come up with different real ideas. We come up with different marketing ideas and not marketing necessarily sobriety, which actually kind of sounds cool because they market alcohol, right? But more or less, it's a matter of marketing ourselves out there so that people can come and find us and have a safe space. And one of the things that I really like about it is that there 
are so many of us that if you travel anywhere, you're going to be able to find one of us in a city. And that's how Sober in Honolulu and I met and how Sober in Minneapolis and I met. It's so cool. So if you travel and you're in a city and you're a part of this movement and you have an account and stuff like that, we kind of just reach out and say, hey, I'm going to be here and would you like to meet up for coffee? It's just a really neat way to meet other sober women around the globe or around the continent at least. But not only that, but for those of you who follow us who aren't in the Sober City movement, and when I say in it, I mean as an account holder or as one of the promoters of the local cities. What I mean is, is if you come to a city and you're struggling with sobriety or you see that there's an event, you have someone that you can reach out to. And a lot of us are very responsive, actually, and we love to help people. Even if we aren't active on our account at the time because we're going through school, work, counseling, things of our own, if you send us a message, we're very responsive and able to help you, meet with you, talk with you, help you find meetings, be involved in your trip. And that's exactly what Jenny and I did. Jenny and I met at um, a really fun coffee house in a town called New Kent, Virginia. And it was so adorable. Um, It was this little coffee shop and donut shop. And we just sat there and we talked for probably two hours. I unfortunately had to go and she did too because she was actually in town with her family Um, They lived in Pittsburgh, but she has family in Virginia, and so she flew out to Virginia from Honolulu to meet up with her family. Just the weirdest circumstances, but it gave us a chance to meet and talk, and it really is amazing how we really truly find our tribe when we get sober, and I think that's one of my favorite things about sobriety is the community. The community that is created and the community that is something we can identify with. And I know last week we talked about comparison and how we spend our entire lives comparing ourselves to other people, how we compare ourselves to other sober people, other people in different careers. There's so many things that we compare ourselves out to that we rarely identify in. And so being able to identify into something is absolutely phenomenal. And now I know anywhere that I go in the continental U.S., there's someone close to me that I have a connection with that I can say, hey, I'm traveling. Can we meet up for coffee? And we can just take that hour or two hours, whatever you want to do, and just hang out and talk. It's amazing. And the sober community is so important. And I believe that without the sober community, we would not stay sober. In fact, we're not meant to do this alone, right? That is the entire intent of AA meetings, of going out and helping the next suffering alcoholic, of going out and making sure that what we have, we are able to give to other people. In chapter two of the big book, it talks about the solution and it states it right here. We are people who normally would not mix, but there exists among us a fellowship, a friendliness, and an understanding which is indescribably wonderful. The feeling of having shared a common peril in one element in the powerful cement which binds us. The tremendous fact for every one of us is that we have discovered a common solution. We have a way out on which we can absolutely agree and upon which we can join in brotherly and harmonious action. 
This is the great news this book carries to those who suffer from alcoholism. So see, we're not meant to be alone. And it's interesting because a lot of the friends that I've met through Sober City Movement actually are pandemic alcoholics. And they ended up getting sober during the pandemic. And so they've created this this online community so they wouldn't have to feel alone. They wouldn't have to feel like they are doing this by themselves. Because during the pandemic, we didn't have meetings in person. We had Zoom meetings. And you guys remember me telling you how I really got lackadaisical with the Zoom meetings. And it really boils down to, for me, community. I had that fellowship for so long. I had that ability to see people in person that when that was taken away from us for a time being, it was extremely difficult on me. And I didn't realize how difficult it was to not be around my community, to not be around the people that had truly and honestly kept me sober. Because even during the pandemic, our Zoom meetings seemed to really take a turn and they were extremely focused on the aspect of what is the pandemic doing to us or what is isolation like. And I didn't want to sit and listen to a bunch of people talk about isolation. I didn't want to sit and listen to people talk about, well, I've been in my house for 99 days now. But in hindsight, what I did to myself at that point was take away the opportunity for myself to stay inside my community. And I know that sounds ridiculous because we weren't really in a community, right? We weren't really talking. We weren't really seeing each other. But that fellowship that was taken from us, we were trying to find different ways to do it. And online was the only way that we could make things happen. These online meetings, these online communities were vital, vital to people staying sober. And I think I really missed out on a lot of opportunities because I kind of turned away and shunned the idea of Zoom meetings because they weren't what I wanted. It wasn't being done the way I wanted. It wasn't the meetings that I was used to. And then there's this whole other community online. There's this whole other sober city movement that's happening right under my nose. And I didn't even see it until probably, I don't know, maybe six, seven, eight months ago. I'm not quite sure when I found Alex, but um, we had cross paths and I wanted to be able to be a resource for people in the Virginia area and the Richmond area so that they could reach out if they needed anything. And on the onset, it seemed like a lot of work. But anything that's good or worth having is going to take work. And it's not necessarily that it takes work, right? It's not necessarily that it's grueling or horrible or it takes up all my time. It's the matter of how much time and effort do I have to put into this? And if I'm not going to have the time and effort to put into it, should I even do it? And it really became an important part of my sobriety because not only... Did I have my in-person meetings? Not only did I have that, but I had this safe space outside of my sponsor, outside of my meetings. I had these women that all I have to do is send a message to our group and be like, listen, (laughs) I'm struggling. I really need some help. Or, hey, I'm going to be away for a little bit. Here's my number if you need anything. Or, hey, can anybody help me with this? Or can somebody talk to me because I'm not feeling the greatest? And there is a conglomeration of us that just jump right in and help each other. And 
I took for granted the online community because I am such an old head. I am such a AA meeting going have banging person that like I couldn't see the positive in online. You know, online is where you get in a lot of trouble. Online is where you make mistakes and online in my life, as you know, was not the greatest. So when I found these gals and this opportunity, it seemed very positive. And what's really interesting is when I started my podcast, I reached out some to some other bigger creators. And when we say creators, what I mean is other sobriety podcast creators. I had reached out to other sobriety Instagram accounts, and I was actually told by one woman that our names and mission are too similar and she doesn't want to confuse her listeners or her followers. Now tell me how that is aiding in sobriety. Tell me how that is being part of the community. Tell me how that is working the 11th and 12th step. It's not. And that really turned me away from wanting to do anything else online. It turned me away from wanting to do anything else that had to do with the sober community online besides post the fact that I had my new episodes coming out or that I um, was going to post a quote that was motivational. You know, people like that, these bigger accounts, they don't necessarily care about the smaller people. And that's really, really frustrating, you know, because the entire purpose of AA is community. The entire purpose of sobriety is community. And we can't gatekeep sobriety. We can't. We can't gatekeep podcasts. If you listen to this and you want to start a sobriety podcast, by God, do it. Do you know how many people we need voices of out here? It's not like I'm special. It's not like I'm fantastic. My friend bought me a microphone and I decided to start telling my story and you guys have seen me go through some major shit and you have seen me go up and down but this is sobriety this is reality and if you're willing to share that if you're willing to be a part of that then might go for it please if you need advice if you need help if you need someone on your episode if you need help contacting people that's what sobriety and community is for so when we have people in the community who are like mm, nope that's not something that i do to me that is not helping out the sober community and it's really sad and frustrating but I could not be more happy with these gals at Sober City Movement. I could not be more happy with this online community that I've created because this online community allows me to also meet with people in real life. And these are some bonds and connections that aren't going to go away. These are lifelong friendships that I'm starting to create. These are lifelong relationships that I am going to have all because of this community. It really is something that is so amazing to me that something so tragic can create something so beautiful. And every day I wake up and I thank God not only that I am sober, but that I also have people in my life that are supportive, understanding, caring, loving, and a part of a community no matter where I am. If I'm here in my home meetings, if I'm online talking to the girls, if I'm traveling and I need someone to talk to, that there is everywhere you go in every single country, in every single city, I'm talking like hole-in-the-wall places where there are AA meetings. There is hardly anything else like it, minus church. Church is another 
place or a bar. <laughs> every town has a church and a bar. But every town also has an AA meeting or at least a sober person in it. And I think that is one of the most amazing things about this program. And it just continues to grow. And it's not that we want people to suffer and be alcoholics or addicts and then, you know, come and join us. We never want anybody to suffer. But the fact that it is growing, the fact that it is getting bigger, the fact that there are people finding each other is just a testament to what sobriety is all about and what this community does for each other. Isolation is never the answer. And I know I touched on this briefly about during isolation, during the pandemic, we already have that desire or drive to isolate when things go wrong. I know I finally told my best friend after probably a year, I think she knew that something was going on, but this last incident of me losing my job and what that entailed and everything that was around it, um, you know, I finally admitted to her that I have been miserable. I have been unhappy. Like, I absolutely am not myself. And I have been lost for the past 18 months. And I have been isolating more and more and more. And the community allows me the opportunity to not isolate, but take time away. Because we know that isolation is not good for us. In the 12 and 12, um, on page 116, it says, but when self-will had driven everybody away and our isolation had become complete, it caused us to play the big shot in cheap bar rooms and then fare forth alone on the street to depend on the charity of the passerby. That is not something that I want for myself. I do not want charity. I do not want to live on the streets. I do not want to drink myself into an oblivion. But those are the things that being a part of a community, going to your meetings, staying in touch with people does for you. Being a part of a community is important because there are times when you quit going to meetings, when you quit reaching out to people, when you don't post online anymore. And people who really care about you, people who are used to seeing you everywhere, who are used to hearing you, who know that you're reliable and accountable, when you disappear, people start to wonder. And then they start to reach out because that's what a community does. A community takes care of each other. A community looks out for each other. A community doesn't put stipulations. A community doesn't put requirements on it. In fact, you can go out and drink tomorrow and come to AA later on in the afternoon and get a white chip. There's nothing that says that you cannot be part of the sober community. All you need is the desire to not drink. There are people in my group, um, I believe, that have relapsed or have come to us after relapse. Um, and it just kind of is humbling to realize that there are some times when you are so close to that, you don't even realize it. But by creating a safe space, by creating a community, by being a part of a community, those are things that we do for each other. We don't ask for anything in return. We don't want you to give us gifts or money or anything like that. That's not what the intent of helping someone is or ever should be. And I think that the sober community is absolutely one of the best communities that I've ever been a part of. If you think back to when you got sober or if you relapsed, if you think back to when you relapsed and you told your family, you 
came out to your family, I hate using that term, but I, I can't think of another term at this point in time. When you told your family that you had relapsed or that you're an alcoholic, there is a sense of judgment. There is a sense of, oh, here we go again, or well, that explains it. The family, the employer, the friends are going to hold a source of either judgment, not to say that they're not supportive, but they have a different role in your sobriety than your community does. Your family, you're going to have to rebuild that trust. Your family, you're going to have to show them that you can stay sober. Your employer, you have to build that trust back. And that is important. You have to be able to do those things. You have to be able to earn people's trust back. You have to be able to do the next right thing. You have to work the steps. There are things that you have to do to prove to your family that you are no longer that person. That's not going to happen. Um, but when it comes to relapse and drinking and you come to a meeting, we're never going to say, hey, you need to leave because you just relapsed. We're not going to say, hey, you just caught a charge or a DUI. You need to leave and not come back. That is not what the sober community is about. There's a lot more acceptance and understanding. And the sober community, the acceptance, the understanding, the help, the ability to really truly learn things and apply them in your life is how you earn back the trust of your family, is how you earn back the trust of your employer, is how you learn to live life on life's terms. And if it wasn't for that community, if it wasn't for the people who were willing to talk to you when you were at your ultimate worst or to take you back when your life was in shambles, I mean, there's some marriages that can't even survive sobriety because of the things that have happened. So to know that there's a place that will take you back no matter what is a really freeing feeling. It's a really good feeling. If you ever need proof that community works, if you ever need proof, we stay sober by giving it away, or we stay sober because of the people that are in our lives, who we surround ourselves with, we become. I suggest going to the big book and reading all the stories in the back. It doesn't matter which one. Every single story starts out with isolation. I didn't think that I had a problem. And going through all these other motions and ideas to try and fix their drinking. Whether it was moving, whether it was drinking one day a week, whether it was trying a different alcohol, whether it was cutting someone out of their life. They tried all these other things to stay sober before they went to an AA meeting, before they came to the realization that they're an alcoholic and they had a problem. All of the stories start out the same, and that's why we say in AA, all of our stories disclose in a similar way what we used to be like what happened, and what we are like now. So all of these things, they are not different. We are not different. None of us are. Sure, some of us are gay. Some of us are black. Some of us live in an abusive home. Some of us are from an abusive home. Some of us are CEOs. Some of us are waitresses. It doesn't matter who you are. What matters is that you have the same condition that we do and that you are not alone. You don't have to be alone. And it's going to take a while. There's going to be times in your life where you're going to want to isolate because you feel that that's best for everybody. And it's not because all it's doing is hurting you more. 
And this disease, remember, it's progressive. So it's only going to come back faster and harder. It's going to take you out quicker. There is a gal that I follow on TikTok and um, she has a friend who was such a bad alcoholic. And when I say a bad alcoholic, what I mean was her alcoholism had progressed so far that she is in liver failure. She's in liver failure, stage four liver failure. I could not imagine knowing what that's like. I couldn't. And now she's sober. She's sober and she's living her best life, the best life she and that's not to say that her life doesn't have any complications in it because I'm sure liver failure comes with a ton of complications. But what she's doing is because of the program, because of the community, she is able to stay sober. She is able to talk to people, live her best life. She is able to do things like traveling. And so these are things that happen when you're involved in a sober community. So if you're listening to this and you are newly sober, and or you are 13 years sober like I almost am. I can't say I am because that would be wrong. <laughs> and you feel alone and you don't want to meet people in person yet or you don't know what is on your mind or you don't know what's wrong. Honest to God, I know that sounds ridiculous, but there are times when you're just like, I really don't know what I'm feeling or thinking. And just reaching out to someone and talking about what you don't know you're feeling or thinking can be a huge thing. And so my suggestion is reach out to one of us online. You can reach out to me anytime on my podcast, anytime on my Instagram page. I also do have Gmail, um, so you can email me. You can get involved in Sober City Movement and get to know some of the gals. Look at your area. Um, all of us are set up at Sober Inn. So sober in Seattle, sober in Oklahoma City, sober in Minneapolis, sober in Richmond, sober in Toronto. You get it, right? Like, that makes sense. So look us up. Look us up by city on Instagram. Um, look us up and send us a message and say, hey, I'm in your area and I have found you online and I would really like to know when you're going to plan events or when you're going to have meetups or I just need someone to talk to and have coffee. That is one of the best things that you can do. That doesn't mean that you have to step outside of your your comfort zone. Maybe sending the message is as far as your comfort zone will let you go right now and that's okay. It sincerely does not matter where you are at in your sobriety. You can reach out to us at any point in time. You can also find Zoom meetings if you're not comfortable meeting in person yet. There's so many advantages that the pandemic brought us that we need to be thankful for, all politics aside because we're not going there, but in the grand scheme of things, the pandemic did allow for new things to be seen. We can work from home. We can have online communities. We can still stay sober. We still can be friends with people across the world. And it's not some crazy weird like Prince James of Naboomboo sending you an email or a Facebook request. There's real people out there that want to help you stay sober, that want you to be a part of the community, that want you to ask the tough questions that wants you to get involved, that wants you to be a part of our everyday lives. I don't know if you guys just heard that, but my printer just started in the background and I almost cracked my pants. Anyway, so I digress. There are a ton of us out there. Please come and find us. Sober City Movement, Sober in Richmond, Sober in Baltimore, Sober in Toronto. Come out and find us. Get involved in your community. And once you get involved in your community, you will see how much your sobriety can be enhanced. You can see how much your life can change. You can see all the things that 
you were isolating yourself from before. There was a point in time when my social anxiety would not allow me to do certain things. And even when Jenny came into town last week, all the way from Honolulu, right? She's She had flown 10 hours and she was less than an hour from me. And I almost text her to cancel because I was so anxious. My social anxiety had gotten so bad and I just wasn't sure, like, what if I didn't like her? What if I didn't get along with her? Well, you know what? Then I can just leave. You know, but the point is, is that we have these options to see each other. And we have these options to create a community. And I am so happy that I met Jenny. She's amazing. She is hilarious. She's sober in Honolulu. <laughs> she is absolutely a riot. I love her. She's the sweetest, kindest person. And I am so glad that I did not allow my isolation to take over, my fear to take over, my normal anxiety tactics to talk me out of going to meet her. Because online is fine, right? Like online is, oh yeah, we can talk and text. But sometimes meeting in person can be daunting, but I'm really glad that I did it. And this online community, my AA community, allows me to do these things at my pace. I don't have to jump in both feet. And I absolutely am thankful for that because there should never be pressure on someone to get sober at a specific pace. That is not what we are about. What we are about is making sure that you have the resources and tools, friendships, and guidance that you need to stay sober. So if you're struggling to stay sober and you need someone to talk to, reach out to me, reach out to any one of my friends. If you need help finding an AA meeting, go to aa.org. But just know and understand that there is a community out there for you. We are all out there for you, whether it's in your hometown at AA meetings, the next city over, Zoom meetings, Instagram, whatever. There's even a sober community on um, Facebook and Twitter. So I just want you to know that there is a sober community out there. We are here for you and we're not going anywhere. I really hope that you have a great rest of your week, you guys. I am so grateful for all of you. I pray for you all the time. I think of you all the time. And I'm just so glad that I'm back in the mental space to be here and be present with you. And I thank you for your patience, your love, and your support and understanding. Until next time, fam, be well. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of A Sober Girls Podcast. I hope that you heard something that resonated with you and that you can take with you for the next week until we meet again. You can find me on Instagram at A Sober Girls Pod. You can also follow me and friends at Sober City Movement on Instagram as well. If you live in the Richmond area, Follow me at Sober in Richmond where we, we plan local sober meetups. Or if you're just traveling and looking for a friend in the area, there's one of us in almost every city across the continent. Struggling and need help? Just remember that you are not alone. You can reach out to me and any of my friends on Instagram. Send us a message. Or if you are in immediate need of help, Please search out your sponsor, the closest sober friend, or go online to aa.org to find a meeting that you can attend. There are also Zoom meetings, which you can find on aa.org as well. Have a safe week, and until next time, fam, be well.